This is Sheltering in Petaluma, the podcast about how Petalumans are doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Andy Sewell. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Petaluma Arts Center. Be sure to listen to the end of the episode for more information about them and other arts programming they provide. For this episode, the theme is opening. As of the release of this episode, Sonoma County has been under shelter in place for just over three months. In the past few weeks, several businesses have been opening up with new guidelines from both the state of California and local authorities. For business owners, that means understanding those guidelines and making changes to their business. On top of that, most are also trying to make up for those three months without any business. Our first Petaluman is Carly. She owns a salon and spa near downtown and was actually doing really great before the shutdown. So prior to COVID and shelter in place, My business was booming. I was working very long hours, very long weeks. So we hear the rumors that there's a virus going around. And then we get the news that all public performances in San Francisco are shut down. And all the sports have been shut down. And whispers that businesses are going to be shut down. So Tuesday comes and... We hear the news that the Sonoma County Health Officer is shutting it down. Everybody go home. I freaked out because I was business, 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 business all the time. Build my business, make more money, do good job. And it came to a screeching halt. But at the same time, I exhaled because those few days of work, were nerve-wracking, full of anxiety, felt like there was an invisible enemy lurking in every crevice, in every corner. And so when I finally did get the shelter-in-place order and the shutdown of my business, I was relieved. Still scared, but relieved because I didn't want to be responsible for spreading or infecting my clients that are so dear to me. She closed her business and waited waited for information on when she could open up and how. And that was not easy. So the thing that I have been scouring all of the websites for the state of California, the Board of Health, the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology, is for some glimmer or some hint of what services they were going to allow me to do. And there is some crazy rumors floating around like, hazmat suits or sheets of plastic with armholes through them, or we wouldn't be allowed to do facials anymore. We wouldn't allow be allowed to do facial waxing anymore. And so the rumor mills were pretty entertaining. But the real guidelines were just released. They were almost laughable because there has been little to no changes to our guidelines There are no service restrictions. I can still do all of the same services that I was able to do before. Very small changes, like my soiled laundry container has to be outside of my treatment room instead of inside of my treatment room. And I am not allowed to touch the doorknobs without a paper barrier. Um, And at the same time, I was relieved, but also surprised that they weren't putting more precautions because my job is spent six to 12 inches away from another human's face for up to three hours at a time. When I think about what the state has offered me as, quote, guidelines, 
my job is to figure out how I can go above and beyond. And so I've spent the last week writing out my plan and writing out what I think is a better option that goes above and beyond what the state says. I can also tell that the people who wrote these guidelines have never set foot in a salon or spa, have never done the job that I do. And it makes me think about trying to get involved on a deeper level to help guide better guidelines and better sanitation procedures for the salon and spa industry. Because I don't believe that what they published will protect me. One of the questions I've been asking myself quite a lot lately is, how long is it going to be like this? And the only thing that I can think of is until there's a vaccine. And so we're going to have to operate in this mechanical manner for quite a while. And I'm also preparing my business for a second wave or a second shelter in place, a second shutdown. And how long is that going to be during the winter and fall season when flu season starts? So it's really hard to make future plans at this point. I'm trying to remain optimistic, but also stay informed, stay realistic and not keep my head in the clouds, but keep my eye on the prize. And I feel like I've done all of the things that a good business owner or a good business manager would do in order to protect my business, protect myself and protect my clients. And my clients will come back. I am not afraid of that. So my plan is to start slow and hope for the best. For some Petalumans, the shelter-in-place order didn't change their work routines. Medical personnel and frontline responders kept working. And with more places opening up, that brings new challenges for some of those who have been working under heavy restrictions for the entirety of the shutdown. Next is Molly, a registered nurse who lives and works in Petaluma. When the shutdown happened, um, one of the first things they implemented was no visitors. Usually as a nurse, you're dealing with um, family members and um, family and friends of patients. And that was completely eliminated. So there was kind of an instant calm that seemed to come over the hospital, just a lot less people. It was um, strange for me continuing to go to work and, you know, essentially stay in my normal routines. Just hearing everybody talk about their experiences and, you know, social media, just, just seeing what it was like for them for things to slow down, and that wasn't the case for me, so it was almost like having to remind myself things were changing. <laughs> um, and especially because we never really got that huge onslaught of really sick people at Petaluma. It was kind of just like, aside from, you know, having to be flexible and adjust to changes in the work environment, things were more or less stayed the same for me. A lot, I feel like a lot more questions were raised than answers, and I sort of feel like that's still the case. Um, especially being that this community really wasn't that hard hit, you know. But we went through all the, the same 
things the rest of the country did. Some people say, you know, because of our early action, that's why the cases have been relatively low. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a way to know that for sure. You know, are we really past the peak of it too, I guess is still a question for a lot of people as we're beginning to reopen. I think we'd expect to see an increase in cases just naturally being that people are going to be out and about more, but you know, our community here in Petaluma was really not hit that hard um, by the, the illness, but it's sad for me to see so many restaurants closing and everything because of the massive shutdown. So it was uncomfortable for me to, to feel like I was getting credit for something that I wasn't really that deeply affected by. Um, as a nurse, I would like to be kind of more recognized for what we do on a daily basis and, you know, dealing with abusive, dangerous patients or just being with patients and families during the death process and all these kind of things that is normal for us and we do every day. I feel more comfortable being recognized, you know, as a hero for stuff like that than for this pandemic work. Grocery store workers probably were impacted the most, especially in this area, you know, and didn't get nearly enough recognition. Moving forward, I wonder if handshakes will come back. I wonder if that will be a thing again. I feel like a lot of people didn't like handshakes to begin with. Maybe this is an opportunity for that to maybe not become the status quo anymore. I think the general public maybe is now just more aware of infection as a reality, um, about hand washing, about how that's important. I don't, I don't know if things will just go back to how they were before. I kind of hope they don't, just in the sense that do we ever really want things to be going backwards? I don't know. Maybe in the systems that we have in place aren't as informed as they need to be and that we can't put as much trust and reliance in that, you know, when bad things happen, there's plans in place to figure it out for us. You know, um, I feel like there weren't plans in place for this. We weren't very well prepared. I think that the healthcare system needs an overhaul, needs to change, and we just need to be better at adapting. Being a nurse, part of what is special about nursing that's different than other healthcare providers and hospital workers is that we really are there to provide that emotional support, that feeling of groundedness, the feeling that things are in control, even if we feel that they aren't, we have to provide that for our patients. Um, it's just part of the job. Thank you to all the Petalumans who contributed to this episode. Sheltering in Petaluma is produced by Audio Ephemera in collaboration with Petaluma Arts Center. Another great exhibit they have is called Art Apart, it is a map of local art pieces created by Petalumans and placed in their front yards, turning the town into a large art gallery. You can get a map of all the pieces on their website, PetalumaArtCenter.org. Special thanks to Jude Mooney, Jonathan Marlowe, Heather Mackin, Daniel Strobel, Michael Woolsey, and all the Petalumans who have sent in their stories. Music in this episode by Blue Dot Sessions, and our credit music is by Petaluma musician Dave Sampson. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for previews of upcoming episodes and bonus clips. If you have something to share for a future episode, visit shelteringinpetaluma.org. Click on Participate in the upper right to get easy instructions. And be quick, Sheltering in Petaluma will only go on for a few more episodes. We would love to hear your story. Thanks, Petaluma. Stay safe. Stay safe.